speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus and I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and doubt 
If you're looking at your bulletin this morning, uh, the outline on the back is going to look a little different. John chapter 6, verse 63, and the difference is, of course, we're going through the book of Matthew on Sundays, but I want to thank Aaron for preaching for me last week and uh, had the privilege of watching the grandson be baptized, and that was great, and he needed it, but he needed it, and he got it. And uh, we have Harvest Day next week, and so it's kind of a, a chance to break just a little bit. I say that, but actually what I'm going to lead up to is we're going, we're going to start, when we get back to Matthew, start a hard section in the Sermon on the Mount there in chapter 5, and it's going to be a hard section. It's one of those sections where it's, it's going to, if, if you are willing to grow spiritually at all, it will challenge you. Hardly anybody is all the way there to what Jesus will start talking about. He, we're going to start the section on uh, where, for instance, he says, now you've heard it say that murder is wrong, but if you have had anger in your heart against someone without cause, you have murdered them. You've heard it said that adultery is wrong, but if you have lust after someone in your heart, that is adultery in your heart. Things like that. And he's going to say things and teach things about it's going to, it will challenge us. Okay? And I, I, I know that's coming. I know that's next. I want to uh, share with you this morning John 6.63. This morning's going to be a little different. Bear with me. 
uh, I'm working on this just like you are. I've been looking at working on John 6:63 for about two months, and I'm not sure that I'm much further along understanding it and grasping it than, than where I was. Matt, let's just go ahead and put John 6:63 up on the, on the screen. So uh, this is one of those messages I've got so much to say, and uh, half, <clears throat> half of it, it won't make sense because I'm trying to make sense of it in my own life. I've got to work this out with me. I've got to work this out with me before I can really preach it to you. Now, that's always going to be true. When I'm up here, I've had to work through everything that I say. All right. And, and so, I, you know, I think, I think you know that. So I'm going to try to stay on track, and we, we will use the outlines. A lot of scriptures this morning, and I want to use those scriptures to keep me on track. So this is one of those that uh, trying to figure out what not to say, you know, and, and stay on track. There's no way I could get through it all. Look at the verse, John 6:63, and we're pre- trying to work our way towards what Jesus will say in Matthew chapter 5. But this stands on its own. This is a whole lot here. But it, it is this, this what Jesus said. It is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Okay, the words that I speak to you are spirit, they are life. We're going to leave this up here for a little while. It's the spirit who gives life. It's the first part of that. The flesh profits nothing. Now, flesh, obviously, you know, this is our flesh. But when that word is used, especially the way Jesus uses it here, it's, it's uh, all the temporal, the, the physical, uh, what you see, feel, touch, also our flesh. It's what we call the human side of us, the humanity of us, what we think, what we feel, what we touch, what we smell, what we look at, what we say, where we go, where our feet carry us and what our hands do and what our eyes see when we get there, what we want what we lust after, what we really want, what our dr- some, some of it is what our dreams are, what our hopes are. Now, that's a bold statement, a big statement. That's why it's taken, I've worked on it for two months, and I don't know I'm any further along than what I was. But it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And he doesn't say there's not much profit. He said there's none. But it's the Spirit who gives life. The truth is, we look at this actually backwards. We really do. We look at it, no, we, know, we don't say so, but we look at it ba- backwards from that. We think it's the flesh that gives life. It's, you know, my, my life is in my body but Jesus said, no, it's not really. But you're thinking it is. It's a flesh, it's a spirit that gives life. And we're going to look at a lot of scriptures. I want to tell you a story, though, to keep this on track. And this story from another pastor will, I think, I think, em- embodies the thought. There's a pastor and author that I love to read, Tim Keller. Uh, passed away this year, but uh, Tim was, uh, when he was pastoring in Virginia, I think, he told this story. Uh, So he's pastoring in Virginia, had a girl in church, doesn't matter her age so much, but anyway, she was in, she was in, was in ninth grade in school in his church, going through a depression and anxiety, so her parents recommended that she go talk to her pastor. And she'd been in, in, in Tim's church her whole life. They were close, so she, no, no problem with that. So she goes, talks to her pastor, and you know, is trying to find out what's wrong. Could he help? Um, so what's, what's wrong? Do you have any, any idea what's causing the depression? She, she said, I, 
I'm in, I'm in the ninth grade in school, first chance to go to prom. I'm, I'm just picking out a dance. It was a dance. I'm going to say it's prom. Uh, so first chance to go to prom, and, and there's not been a boy who's invited me to prom, okay? And it's just thrown me into a, into a tailspin. I promise you, pastors are not going to be that great at getting you a, a date for prom, okay? We're just not that good at that. So he dealt with what, you know, pastors are trained to deal with. All right, so, you, you know, wrestling with this issue of, of prom, and he said, but, you know, he, she'd been in, raised in his church. He had baptized her. So a lot of things about her he already knew. He said, but, I, he said, I, I want you to look past prom, okay? I want you to look past that. And, and, and I want you, I'm going to try to get you to see there's, there's bigger issues, he said, I think I already know the answer, but do you know who Jesus is? Well, yes, I know, who, I know who Jesus is. Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Yes, I've received Jesus as my Savior. Do you know that when you did that, that he has forgiven you of all of your sin? Do, do you believe that? She said, yes, I believe that. That he died on a cross to forgive you and make a payment for your sin. And that he was buried in a tomb. But on the third day, he rose out of that tomb. And because of that, that was just the, the forerunner of what's going to happen to us. That he raised out of that tomb and, and death has no hold on him. And it didn't then and it doesn't now. And death is not going to have any hold on you. That Jesus died, has forgiven you of your sins. And he has made a way that you can spend an eternity with him in heaven. And she listened. He, he, he said, do you believe that? She said, I believe that with all my heart. And here's what she said. Not making fun at all. I know it's reality. She said, but what good is all that? What good is all that? If I can't get a boy to ask, ask me to prom." What good is all that if I can't get a boy to ask me to prom? Not making fun of that at all. Because she was serious about that. So what has she done? She's gotten that statement that Jesus made backwards. Right? She's gotten that statement backwards. She thinks that life is in the flesh. That's what's important. That's what's important. And Jesus said, no, it's not. No, it's not. I don't know that you're ever going to get it. <laughs> but it's not compared to the life in the Spirit. Now, I'm not worried about prom. Okay, most of you in the room aren't. That's not the issue. But something is. So you and I replace the story, replace prom in the story, with whatever it is, right? What is it that you are basing your life on? What's keeping you up at night? What is it in the flesh, in the physical, that makes you want to go see your pastor because you're so burdened about it and it's wearing you down and you're all of that, you see? For me, it's not prom. Some of you, it might be. But for a lot of us, it's not that, but it's something. For me, it's, it is something. I guarantee you. There's stuff I worry about, stuff I, I, you know, I, I hoped would happen but didn't. Stuff I wish had not happened but did. But it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So this morning, there's no doubt in my mind that some of us have come into the Lord's house and they, we, have turned that statement backward. And we have taken something, I'm not going to make it small, but we've taken something in our life, in our flesh, in the material, in the physical, in the temporal, and we've made it almost as important as the eternal. 
And we would never say this, but yet in a way we are saying it by the anxiety and the, the, the stress we're putting on, on ourselves that, you know, what good is Jesus if I can't even have that or have that person or have that thing or have that job or whatever this thing is? Okay, let's look at the scriptures. I'm going to try to, like I said, stay on track. We're going to go, I'm not going to rush through these, but I'm going to go through them rather quickly. All of them will be on the, on the screen. I'm going to take my paper so I can follow along a little better. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, out, was without form, void. Darkness was, I, I love the way Moses wrote this. Darkness was on the face of the deep, on the ocean. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I just get that, get that picture. Before anything else was, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters, just everywhere, just e everywhere. The Spirit was already here. Genesis 1:27. So God created man, that's all of it, man, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So we were created in the image of God, God was not created in the image of us. We are somewhat like him. He is not like, like us. Okay, and we're going to deal with that more. Genesis 2-7. This is going to bring it down a little more specific. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Here, here it is. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man, be, man became, became a living being. There's the Spirit of God at work. That breath. In Scripture, uh, there's the, the Word is the Word is the thought of God. The Spirit is the breath of God. So he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he's still doing that. Listen, you are not alive. Because your heart is beating on its own. You are not alive because you're breathing on your own. You are not breathing on your own. Your heart is not beating on its own. The Holy Spirit is with all of us, not just those who are in Christ, but all of us. God created man, everyone in the image of God. Whether you believe that or not, you are created in the image of God, and he breathed into that man the breath of life that person, the breath of life. He's still doing that. Life is not in your flesh. Life is in the spirit. The flesh profits nothing. When God decides for your breathing to stop, it will stop. Nothing you can do, nothing you can, there's nothing we can do to change that. Life is in the spirit, not in your flesh. I want, you to, I want you to change your thinking about that. Every breath I take is God with me. A lot of people I talk to, how do I know that God is real? You're breathing. How do I know that God is, God is with me? You're breathing. That's how I know. How do I know that God is right here? Because you just said that and you just asked that. You're breathing that. Every breath you take is the Spirit of God. You don't have to believe that, but you're living it. You're living it out. God breathed into man the breath of life. He is still doing that. Every breath we take lets me know that Jesus is right here. The Holy Spirit of God is working in me. Okay, John 20, 22. Interesting verse. Jesus, when he had said this, when Jesus said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. It is that breath of God, the Spirit of God. That's an interesting verse. Now we get a little more uh, comparing the two, the Spirit and the, and the flesh. So Romans chapter 8, 5 and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. I'm going to stop just a second. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So maybe you're like me on some Sundays 
when I come to church, I have a real hard time getting my mind off of what's going on in what I call my life. I have a real hard time getting over the problems that I'm having. I have a hard time getting over what someone has said, what someone has done, what someone didn't say, what someone didn't do. I have a hard time getting over this, all this stuff that's going on in my flesh, so to speak. The problems I'm worried about, the, the anxiety, the stress. I've come to church with my mind set on those things. This is one good thing about church. It helps me get my mind off, off of that. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. The music this morning, and I already knew what I was going to preach, so I, I, have a head, I have a head start on you. But the, the music this morning, the worship time, helped me get my mind off of me. Help me get my mind off the problems, the cares, the stuff that's not going right, and help me turn my mind toward spiritual things. It's what you set your mind on. Verse uh, 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Now, Paul wrote that, but isn't that exactly what Jesus said? In the spirit, life is in the spirit. The flesh profits nothing. For to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Stay right there. Is life and peace. Jesus, that's what I need this morning. Life and peace. God, I need that right now. Peace. I am so tore up on the inside. I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm so disappointed in people around me. I am so stressed out. I'm so... I need peace. Well, Jesus is the right person to come to. We're going get, to get to that. Galatians chapter 5, 16, 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you cannot do the things that you wish. Kind of go back to, we are created in the image of God, but he is not created in the image of us. And that's Romans chapter 1, 25. Here's what has happened a lot. People exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. I am guilty of that. The creature, what the things that God has created. And I've went backward and I've lost my way and I started, I exchanged the truth for a lie, and I've worshipped the creature, what God has created. And we could say, worship the creation rather than the creator. And this morning is all about turning that back the way it's supposed to be. Where, we, where life is in the spirit, not in the flesh. Okay? Now, there's that. If you're looking at your outline, this is where there's a pause and we change course right here. Here's where we begin to, okay, what do we do about it? Because I need to do something about it. I need to change the way I look at it. I need to change my heart. I need to change my soul. I need to, I need to get things back in order the way God intended for them to be. I've exchanged the truth for a lie, and I'm ready to get the truth back to the forefront. This is what we're going to do. This, a couple of prayers is what they are. They both come from the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter 51, after David has sinned, he writes this. These are just two, two verses in the chapter 51. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Create in me a clean heart. You can't do it. This is a prayer. Okay, I'm going to get ahead of myself. And then uh, Psalm 23, 3. Restore, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. Matt, I'm going to step down here. I'm going to go off script a little bit here. We're going to get ready to pray. Create in me a clean heart. Lord, restore my soul to where it needs to be. God created me a clean heart because I can't do it. I told somebody, I'm, I'm old enough now I can say this. I told somebody a couple weeks ago uh, that I used to hear old people say that if, uh, if I knew then what I know now, I would have done things a lot differently. Okay. I wonder what all the old people in the room think about that. Well, the truth is here, it's hard to say we have any old people because nobody wants to admit it. But I, I used to hear old people say that. If I knew then what I know now, I'd have done things a lot differently. Well, I am there. A uh, couple weeks ago, I, I officially can say, if I'd have known then what I know now, I'd have done things a lot differently. I got a long way to go. I mean, a long way to go. But I've come a long way. It's been a long trail. You can't change yourself. You can't change yourself. You can't change the way you think. You can't change the lust that you have. You can't change the desires that you have. You cannot change yourself. Jesus can. You can't. Now, all of, here's what I've learned. I wish I'd have known this way back then, what I know now, what I'm learning now. You, you can't change yourself. Jesus can. All your effort... To change yourself is in vain. Your flesh profits nothing. All the effort that, you're, that you have to change yourself, to change the way you think, to do better, that's admirable. I'm glad you're trying. It won't work. It will not work. There is no profit there. Life is in the spirit. If I'd have known way back then what I know now, I'd have spent a lot more time praying and admitting I can't do it. I can do it for a little while. I can change myself just a little bit for a little while, but it never lasts. It never sticks. I'm going to put it like this. Jesus sticks. <laughs> Jesus sticks. He gets in and he changes you from the inside out to where there's real change, not just cosmetic change. It's not fleshly. It's not the material. It's heart change. It's spirit change. If I'd only known then what I know now, I'd have quit trying so hard. And, and you know, preachers don't say that a whole lot. But I'd have quit trying so hard to do it on my own. Because I'm that kind of guy. I want to try to do it on my own. I think somehow I can work it out. I think somehow I can figure it out. Somehow, if I work hard enough, I'll, I'll see real change. It didn't work. It did not work. It is not working now. Life is in the Spirit. So, what do I do? I start praying. And I keep praying. I pray what David prayed. God, create in me 
a clean heart. God created me a clean soul. God changed me. God do the work. God do the work. Holy Spirit do the work. Holy Spirit come in and do the work. So now it's no longer me doing it, but it's him doing it through me. There's the key to it. And you don't just you know, just get that. You've got to learn that and you've got to live that. God, and now it's him doing it through me. When we get to the Sermon on the Mount, the rest of it in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is going to talk to you about stuff that you haven't been doing and that you can't do. And you're going to sit in a Sunday school class somewhere and some Sunday school class somewhere is going to say this. Nobody can do that. Nobody can do that without the Spirit of God helping them and changing them. You can't do anything on your own. I wish I'd known then what I know now. The key is in the Holy Spirit working through me and you. The key is never me. The key to it is never me. It's always Him. It's always Him. So it's, it's praying, it's releasing, it's surrendering, it's, it's all, those, all those things. God, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm giving up trying so hard. It's not going to work. It, it hasn't worked. It's not working now. It's not going to work. Jesus, I just need you to flood me. I need to be baptized. That's what baptism in the Spirit means, for him to flood you to immerse you, to baptize you. See, as long as there's a little bit of you, you're not being baptized. That's immersion. That's being flooded with his spirit. I need that. God created in me a clean heart because I can't do it. God, restore my soul because I've been looking at it wrong and I've been trying to do this all on my own. And, you know, I, I thought I was giving you control. I thought I was letting you in. But really, when I look at it, I'm still trying so much on my own, and it's not working. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. I'd like for our musicians to come, and we're going to, that's what we're going to do is we're going to pray. That's what this time is. I think this time right here is probably more important. I, it's, I'm, I don't know if I should say that or not. It's, it's as important as anything else that we do this time that we spend right here praying. This morning the band asked me, we talk about this. I'm, I just want to, say, I want to introduce the prayer time with, with this. This morning the band asked me about the song we're going to sing. It's a new song. I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but I'm, I'm the kind of guy, I, I generally stay away from new songs for our, our prayer time because I don't want to distract you. And, you know, we overthink a lot of stuff. And finally, we come to the conclusion, you know what? If people need to pray, they'll just come and pray, okay? If, if people need to pray, they're just going to come and pray. Let's just say we don't have any song at all. People need to pray. They're going to they're come and pray. If you need to pray, come and pray this morning, like I do. If you don't, that means you're then you're just going to keep depending on your flesh. That somehow you're smart enough. Somehow you're strong enough. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it at all. It's got to be the Holy Spirit working in me and through me. I need that baptism in his spirit. So we're not going to care if it's a new song or a song. This is just our time to pray. If you need to come and pray, you will come.
Stand with me if you would. While they start singing the new song, if you need to come and pray, that's what these altars and these seats are here for. You come and pray. Yeah. 